Yo, this is Sam Sports Podcast. I am Sam Rosenberg. Today is Tuesday, November 6, 2018. It's election day, but really, fuck election day. I'm here with Shaka, proud father of his new baby boy, Ezra. Shaka, first reactions. What's going on? Where? How you feeling? What's happening? Sam, the eagle has landed. <laughs> the eagle has landed. Um, I, look, man, you know, uh, there's one time I had a friend of mine. And I don't think he meant this in a condescending way, but that's exactly how it came off. As he said, you're not a real man until you've had a kid. And obviously, anyone who who does not have a child and or possibly doesn't feel like they need to have a kid and look at that and go, what the fuck do you mean by that? And I'll tell you what, probably by the, the first 24 hours of looking at this kid, I can say, you know what? I can see where he's coming from with the sentiment. Mm. Still completely way off base, but I get what he's saying. It definitely changes the way your brain functions to see a living human being. Oh my God, I had a part in making this thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, very, very, very excited, very proud, very happy to have the new addition to the family. I mean, the sleep has been, you know, clearly an issue because this little monster doesn't know the difference between night or day. Right. Also needs to eat every two or three hours. To God, that whole eating so, thing. Yes, it's been a challenge to to kind of you know completely change your, your sleep cycle and the way you move. But I'll tell you what, it's been worth every second. Chaka, oh, that's that's such amazing news to hear. I'm so happy for you. We're so excited to have Ezra here. I, I, I'm excited in 15 or 20 years to play recordings of us raving about him before and after his birth and be like, this was, we, this was all you. This was, you were motivating oh all of this. Yeah, I mean, those Jets onesies, onesies are on deck, man. There's going to be one popped on this weekend for the Bills game. Well, um, I'm sure Ezra, even at his tender, tender age, will probably appreciate some heavy, in-depth Jets discussion at this early point in his life. Chaka, let's start unpacking what's going on with this Jets team because I, I don't think I'm a little crazy when I say the wheels are coming off the wagon and we got to start seriously talking about what exactly we can expect from the rest of the season and also for next season. So right. start us wherever you feel is appropriate to start. All right. Deep breath there. Um, I really need to know from uh, Jeff's GM, Mike McCagnan, what's the plan? I, I, I'm really, really baffled here. Um, just coming away from this past weekend's game, and I know it wasn't around for the podcast for last week where, you know, the Jets once again – just got a, a beat and put on them. Yeah, they did. Um, that uh, the, the same question that applied for last week applies again for this past Sunday. Um, I have really no idea what the Jets' plan here is. Yeah. But if you're if you're looking to kind of ruin, you know, a, a, a talented and potentially franchise, you know, stable quarterback, you guys are doing a fantastic job of that. Um, same issues apply for this past weekend's game against the Dolphins. Yeah. As every other, you know, the last three or four Jets games, they've made no motion whatsoever to put any kind of playmaker around uh, Sam Darnold. Mm -hmm. And every week, it seems injuries kind of just whittle away the playmakers that he does have. Um, you know, obviously... We've lost one running back for the season. Bilal already. Powell, what no. they're saying, he might. This might be career-ending for Bilal Powell. Potentially, potentially a career-ending neck injury for Powell, um, which leaves us like Isaiah Crowell, who's a great, you know, 
speedy back, but when you don't have, which is going to be an ongoing uh, term I'm going to bring up in this, a, a solid offensive line to yeah. get him the push he needs, I mean, really, it's predictable what you're going to get production-wise out of Isaiah Crowell. It's not too different from what he had to deal with in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, this comes down to one thing I've obviously I've said since you know our first podcast covering the season. This is not a Jets team that's planning on you know going to the Super Bowl. They're not no. planning on going to the playoffs. Still, yet yes, the season's a wash, but there's still goals to reach here, namely the development of Sam Darnold. Which yeah. In my opinion, the utmost priority when you're looking at one, the, the Jets not having a franchise quarterback for quite some time. You got a 21 year old who's 20 years old when the season started. You know, lots of potential, some mechanical issues that could be worked out during the course of a season, but mechanical issues don't really hold the line when you look at one putting him up against you know much faster, much smarter NFL defenses and not giving him any offensive weapons to kind of take on that charge. And if anything, you're probably forcing a regression. Um, and, look, Miami Dolphins are not exactly an offensive powerhouse to begin with. They they only had 168 yards of total offense. Yeah. And, I mean, this game was, was just awful to watch. It was, I've seen sheer brutality just to watch. The Jets were 2 for 13 on third back conversion. Oh. And the wide receivers really to open up the playing field for Sam Donald to throw to. I mean, we're, we're, I don't even know which direction to take this in. Let's talk about the offensive line. And I wish I could tell you... I mean, do you want to talk about Spencer Long and his inability yeah. to snap the ball? Sam, I wish I could tell you comprehensively how terrible the offensive line was. I'm going to assume very terrible, but I was so distracted watching Spencer Long botch snap after snap after snap after snap after snap. And this was an issue he had, not just in this game, but against the Minnesota Vikings a couple weekends mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Where, I mean, just... And the Jets, I I think it's not the worst um, suggestion from Jeremy Bates, and he's made a lot of bad suggestions this season, to run the Jets' offense out of the shotgun, especially if it gives Sam Donald time to read the defense. Mm-hmm. You need that extra look on the line. And, I mean, that's really going to screw with your timing when, one, you cannot get a solid snap. And, two when you're forced to look away from the playing field and to look at who's got an open look because the snap is, you know, a foot off to the left yeah. or, you know, six inches low. It totally distracts you. And, I mean, yes, Sam Darnold had four interceptions, but I guarantee you for sure there was definitely one interception that was a result of a god-awful snap yeah. from Spencer Long. No, maybe I, two. I watched the highlight. I think there was one was definitely direct correlation to, hit, to the bad snap. He was not in a good headspace, and he just, it was a bad bad pass, everything. Yeah, just forced to throw it away, and that was a pick six that pretty much sealed the game. So I don't want to put all of it on Spencer Long. Obviously, yes, he was a major contributor to this, this Jets offense not really getting anything going whatsoever. And I don't want to kind of diminish the fact that, yes, Spencer Donald definitely had a terrible and clearly his worst game as an NFL starter. Yeah. But, I mean, management, this is not anything new. Spencer Long has been dealing with a foot injury and I believe a hand injury as well. But, again, that was, even going back to the Vikings game, this was clearly obvious there was something not 
mechanically sound about either his his snaps or he's got the yips. I have no idea what exactly is going on. But I mean, after this past weekend's game, there clearly has to be some kind of change. And still, and we're going to get to this. Todd Bowles stuck with him after these bad snaps. They, yeah, they went through the they went through another offensive series where you know I think it eventually cost them any chance of coming back into this game. And then they finally swapped him out. Look, Spencer Long is not going to be Kevin Moai. He's not going to be Nick Bangle. But, you know, of all the terrible quarterbacks I've seen play for the New York Jets, I can at least depend on the center not fucking things up yeah. for the rest of the offensive line. The yeah. fact that I noticed that the center is playing so awful, when you finally have a quarterback who could be a franchise quarterback, scary. It's a bad sign. scary to me. Yeah, and this is the worst possible irony two strike right now. I mean, of all the things that are going wrong, the center has got to be dependable. Now, can, so, can I jump in? Can can we talk about the coaching staff? Can we talk about this coaching yeah. staff? So I'm going to start off because you touched on it with Todd Bowles not really addressing the Spencer Long situation. I think that is one symptom of some of the more, you know, the larger problems that we're seeing with this coaching staff and also with management. Because you started out this this dialogue by bringing up Mike McCagnan and should he really be around next year. So I want to highlight and I really want to kind of ask you about the coaching staff because when we started this season with Sam Darnold on Monday Night Football against the Lions, you know, yeah, I know his first pass was an interception. There was a little bit of like, hey. But soon after that, they were able to burn down this Lions team and put some points on them. And for all of the rookie quarterbacks that we really saw this season, more and more they've come out and they've been starting. We have see Josh Rosen and the Cardinals have cut Sam Bradford. We see Baker Mayfield is now starting in, in Cleveland. We see Josh Allen is now starting in Buffalo. So now we're seeing all these rookie quarterbacks. But the only one who really started week one was Sam Darnold. He was the one that kind of got put on full display. And, you know, he put up quite a performance against a Lions team. However, we're now halfway through the season. We've seen that the Lions don't really know what the hell they're doing. So I don't know how much stock we can hold in that performance by Sam Darnold. But what we're now seeing is as the season's gone on, Darnold has, has I don't want to say his play has regressed, but we're seeing a lot of mistakes. We're seeing a lot of interceptions. We're seeing a lot of poor play on his part. And in a league where coaching and schemes, I truly believe, dictate performance and success more than players and talent, more so now than they ever have, do we look at the coaching staff and say, well, maybe Todd Bowles isn't the right coach to try to groom this talent? Because who else on this team are you building around? Are you building around the defense? Are you building around the offensive line? Are you building around a running back? No, you're building around Sam Darnold. Everything should sort of stem from how can we make this guy the best franchise quarterback he can be? And does that mean changing this coaching staff? Because, listen, if Sam Darnold was on the Rams, would he be performing better? So tell me more about this coaching staff because is it time to really be like, yo, I think the the jury is already in on Todd Bowles. we got to get rid of him as of next season. And to go a step further – you know, can you also look at Jeremy Bates too and say, is this the right offensive, you know, staff for this quarterback? Give me some of your thoughts well, about the coaching staff. Developmentally speaking, um, Mike McCagnan, he comes from, you know, the Texas organization. He mm-hmm. was, you know, scouting for the Texans. And to their credit, um, 
he was part of, you know, the decisions that brought in guys like J.J. Watt out there. You know, um, I believe Jadavian Clowney was one of their um, selections. But in coming over to the Jets, I will give him complete credit for rebuilding this offense with a lot of youth, a lot of high energy, and, you know, intelligent football players. I still have, you know, a couple questions about the draft for the Jamal Adams, which, I you know, I, I rave about Jamal Adams. I love him. I think he's, you know, Hall of Fame potential player. I question, you know, the, the I think probably a little bit too much attention being played paid to the defense because mm-hmm. they also picked up Marcus May mm-hmm. in that same draft. And I mean, there were guys still on the on the you know on the, the draft for Alvin Kamara. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull up that draft just because I'm curious to yeah, see who else there was on the board. There were a couple great running backs. I believe Joe Mixon was still on the board. Um, you know, there well, Joe Mixon had he uh, had the the bad press. That was a reason exactly. why he dropped. I think Kamara had a couple issues himself too. Um, you know, but there were definitely about two or three running backs. I think Dalvin Cook was still on the board in that draft. You know, there were guys that could have made a difference offensively. You know, if you're really trying to rebuild on both sides of the football, mm-hmm. and I think they paid a little bit too much attention to the defensive side. Um, which still, look, it can still be addressed in the off season. And signing and acquisitions, which the Jets really didn't do much of, um, aside from you know Terrell Pryor, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which, which let's out. see how that turned out. He's he's catching yeah. balls for the Bills, who don't who have the worst offense in in NFL history. Yeah, you know we talked about Ardarius Stewart earlier on in the season. Now with the team right now, I think he's on the practice squad again, but you know it was just. Missing in action. Uh, for the record, you're totally right. Football. Dalvin Cook was totally on the board when they when they took yeah, Jamal Adams. Were, and Dalvin Cook was a known quantity as well. Just you know, these, these were potential big playmakers on the uh, on the offensive side that the Jets really not really gone after mm-hmm. in God five six years in terms of running back. It, yeah. it, there's a lot of things that I just make me scratch my head. So so you're now, you're definitely thinking it's not the management right now. You're feeling McCagnan. You think he's got or well. I think he, he's, he's made some great calls. And Darren Lee, I believe, was one of his calls. Mm-hmm. So I love at linebacker. I think also just a great potential long-term signing. And got to give him credit for, for Teddy Bridgewater. He did bring him yeah. in, and he did manufacture that trade. So I, I don't think it's a complete um, complete wash in terms of what McHagan has done for, for the Jets organization. I still think there is a glaring just lack of attention paid on the offensive side of the football. I mean, there's no question we needed a franchise quarterback. And after Baker Mayfield being taken with the number one pick, I mean, any GM with their, their head on the street would have taken Sam Darnold. So I don't want to give him credit for that pick. Sure. But I do want to kind of take him to task for the lack of putting anything else around him Yeah. in terms of a consistent offense. I Look, I don't have really too many bad things to say about Robbie Anderson, mm-hmm. but Robbie Anderson is not a number one receiver mm. for any team in the NFL. By the way, there was a rumor that the Eagles were inquiring about Robbie Anderson. I heard that rumor as well. The trade deadline. So, honestly, I think they went the better route with um, Tate. But still, the fact that he's our number one receiver just kind of makes you scratch your head and ask again, what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Now, talking about Todd Bowles, when you look at the defensive effort that they put forth this past weekend, Fantastic. I mean, probably one of the better Jets defensive games they've had all season. And this goes back to what you were talking about before with the Detroit Lions. I would say 65 to 70% of that victory came from the defense being aggressive and really keeping them 
in that game. Yeah. So Darnold could find. And and I'm going to pull up the box score. I think they had maybe even two defensive touchdowns in that game. Yeah, they definitely had one, and I think they forced a fumble, and I think they ticked him off twice in that game. No, I think you're right. So there were. So there was definitely, you know, um, a lot of the defense. Oh, they there. had a they had a punt return touchdown in that game. Yeah, special teams as well was a big part of that victory. So again, yes, Sam Darnold played well, but the the, the defenses for the most part carried them and kept them competitive mm-hmm. for most of the season. And it was definitely the same thing again this weekend. Jamal Adams was a one man, you know, show this past game. A couple pass deflections. I think he had a sack and a couple tackles for losses. Um, but, I mean, there's only so much you can do on defense when the offense isn't producing. And mm-hmm. that leads me to, one, I don't think Todd Bolas is a great head coach. I think he's a great defensive coordinator, and yeah. I would love for him to stay on as defensive coordinator. However, I mean, just calling the game itself, he really has not shown. And, I mean, it's taken me now three years of watching his body of work to say that as far as the head coach goes, he's not stellar. I don't yeah. think he's the worst NFL coach I've ever seen. But as far as, I mean, where he can take this team, I don't think he's the guy going forward to really be, you know, the Jets head coach of the future. You, you I know, think he's a great defensive coordinator. But Something I, I want to highlight, I, I was listening to one of my podcasts recently uh, on The Ringer, and they were talking about how there's sort of been this run of defensive coordinators in the last couple of years who've had one or two good seasons with a team, and then they get a, a head coaching job. And I don't really know if they always warrant the head coaching job. And he gave examples like Vance Joseph coaching the Denver Broncos or Steve Wilkes coaching the Arizona Cardinals. And, I mean, I could, I, could, I could venture to say something like Todd Bowles coaching the Jets. I mean, listen, he was an amazing defensive coordinator with Arizona. But, I mean, I think what, I'm, what I'm, I'm, I'm getting close to and what I think you're also kind of agreeing with me is he is a fantastic defensive coach. But right now, this team needs to be focusing on how to get the most out of Sam Darnold and certainly not to do anything to regress his progression and to try to think, ooh, let's you know get him afraid of his own shadow because he's getting sacked every single play. Like We need to figure out how to get this guy to start looking as close to Patrick Mahomes as possible, and maybe yeah. Todd Bowles isn't the best guy for that. And I'm really, really glad you brought up Pat Mahomes because that probably brings me to my final part of this just – Go. This rant. Get on it. Um, and this is one of those things that I've kind of agonized over, and probably the thing I've agonized most about in this, the course of this season being, um, do you sit a rookie quarterback or do you start him and give him the reps, mm. give him the chance to kind of get a feel for, you know, the NFL speed of play, basically. And I'm at a crossroads right now where I'm wondering if the, the chance to get reps is really being jeopardized by the lack of playmakers around you. And I mean, ultimately, it does this hinder, does this actually cause a regression? Because I know for a fact that no one in the Jets organization, especially Ty Bowles or Jeremy Bates, that are going to ever, you know, and they're, they're, the reporter will ask the question, do you think Sam Darnold's regressed? And there's no way they would say that he, he has because that's their jobs. I mean, they would be fired in an instant yeah. if they admitted that there was some kind of regression in his in his learning, you know, of how the NFL speed is played. But I will go back to Pat Mahomes over and over again, saying that he was so glad he got a chance to sit a year and learn the offenses, learn the defensive, you know, sets, getting to read the defenses and figure out how to audible and get, you know, into breaking down ultimately. 
you know, you know, and now we look at the record-breaking season he's having. I mean, the talent was already there. It's just the understanding was what was missing. I'm uh, So that's a really great question, and, and I'm going to give some thoughts on that as well because it's certainly something I think about too. Um, and you, make, you, you have some excellent examples at Sam Darnold or a Patrick Mahomes. I mean, clearly Patrick Mahomes is lighting the league on fire right now, um, yeah. primed to be breaking records. But So here's some of my thoughts on starting a rookie quarterback. I'm not opposed to it, and I'll tell you why. I do think that the reps is part of it. I do think that it was an older tradition of the NFL to do this. It was, it was an older thing that you saw 20, 30 years ago. Much more common to draft a rookie quarterback, let him sit on the bench and watch the guy you know, you know, learn before he came in a la Aaron Rodgers with Brett Favre or you know, Phillip Rivers with Drew Brees. Um, and it was more of a rare instance when you saw the rookie quarterback have to start and have to play. And it was actually, you know, it would be a bit of an anomaly when that rookie quarterback would perform well enough, win the job, and all of a sudden be showing everybody that they are the quarterback of the future. Matt Ryan did that. He started his rookie year. He's still the quarterback. He was an MVP. The guy just signed a monster deal. Joe Flacco did that his rookie year as well. I don't know if that's the same example, but another good example of a guy who, for better or worse, became the franchise quarterback from the first day. Now, in today's NFL, with our CBA and the lack of reps that they get in practice, that's where I think it is valuable for these rookies to start. Because they are going to get the reps, they are going to get the game time, and in some respect, there's really nothing that can replace that type of on-field experience. And yes, I do think there is a benefit for a guy like Patrick Mahomes, where he can come out guns blazing and he has no rookie track record where he looked like dog shit. It's just he's coming out and he's already kind of got that experience and he's ready to go. However, I think that that shows more about the talent of the player and what they can do. Because Matt Ryan started his rookie year, and he still turned into Matt Ryan. But we can think of other guys who started their rookie year who still turned into busts. And, you know, let me give you an example like Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz started his rookie year. Uh, They traded Sam Bradford weeks before the season started. Carson Wentz didn't have the preseason. He literally went into the preseason thinking he was going to be the backup and ride the pine. And then week one, he's the starter. They start out 3-0. and You know, they ended up having a shitty season. They went 7-9. and He had a lot of ups and downs. But Carson Wentz is still Carson Wentz. And come his yeah. second season when he had a real training camp, you know, his, his play improved. I mean, Troy Aikman was 1-15 his rookie season. Peyton Manning was 1-15 his rookie season. And it showed that they were able to progress and grow to what they were. So I'm sort of like, I don't think it matters all that much. If the player is good then they're going to probably show their talent and succeed. And if they're bad, we're going to find out sooner or later. Like, let's let's use another example, Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has been playing in Tampa Bay, I believe, since his rookie year. And we have enough of a track, enough of a sample size now to know that he's probably not the answer. Giving him another training camp and another 16-game uh, season is not going to show us that he's any more of a franchise quarterback than what we already know. So in that regard, I'm sort of like, I don't think it matters as much. I'm, I'm still looking at the coaching staff. I think that this is a coaching staff that is not properly equipped to take advantage of, of Sam Darnold. And I'll give you another example, the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are a coaching staff that doesn't know how to take advantage of Dak Prescott. 
I don't think Dak Prescott is a 100% 360 quarterback that is supremely skilled in all the facets of the game. I think he's a guy that has strengths, and you kind of need to play to those strengths in order to get him to succeed. Now, maybe in two or three seasons, he'll be able to grow and go beyond what his strengths are. Like, I think that's Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, I think, was a guy who started out and had strengths, and they played to them, but now he's enough of a well-rounded quarterback that he can do whatever the hell he wants. Same thing with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was a game manager early on in his career, and now he can do whatever the fuck he wants. But... Sam Darnold, I think if he has a Sean McVay, if he's got even some, you know, a Doug Peterson or some of the Eagles offensive minds working with him in the quarterback room and drawing up some, you know, innovative play calling, I think you'd see better production out of him. And I think he's being, I think his coaching staff is doing him a disservice, but I don't think that him starting right out the gate is, is hurting him. If anything, it's giving him a place where next year when he looks even better, he can be like, well, shit, look how far I've grown. All right, that's my rant on starting quarterbacks in the rookie year. And now, you know what? I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I guess I'll close out on Ryan as well, saying, uh, like, like I said, I, I feel like I'm at a crossroads in terms of what we can really get out of Darnold in terms of progression and production and just, you know, sort of comprehensive look at where he's come this season. Um, I can tell you right now if he's a game manager simply or a superstar. Mm-hmm. In the making, it, there's just really not enough. You know, I mean, I don't think I don't think he's a game manager. I think he's a superstar in the making. Some of those touchdown yeah. passes he threw earlier in the season, I'm like, wow! I just saw a flash Absolutely. of the future. But you know, so far and few in between. And Jeremy Bates, there's a lot of head scratching, you know, play calls, and goes back against a coaching staff, and really, there's just not chemistry wise a good match. Yeah. So I, I'm. I mean, I'm going to look at these final few games. I think they have the Bills twice. They still got the Patriots twice. That's right. Um, the Titans at some point, and I can't remember who the last. They've got. I'm looking Packers. at the schedule right now. They've got the Bills twice, Patriots twice, Titans, Texans, Texans, and the Packers. They have a Packers game. It is the Packers. Okay, I did. I completely missed the Texans. The Texans game, but yeah. So there's going to be a few. Um, there's going to be a few hills there. Really well, here, this this coming weekend, they've got a home game against the Bills. Now, this is a game yeah. they could win. Do you, do you think they can pull out this victory? I think they can. Yeah, I and, think they I mean, can, too. Can. I think that I defense is going to chew up that, that Bills offense. I think all we're really looking to, in terms of what litmus tests we're, you know, we're, we're, we're running with for the rest of the season, is one, Todd Bowles' future. And I think Jeremy Bates as well. I, I don't think he's really going to get much of an audition past this first season mm-hmm. to see what exactly what he has in the bag. Because I haven't really seen anything inspiring. There's nothing that I've looked at that I've found intriguing or aggressive or, you know, bold in terms of his play call. Sometimes, if anything, I'll call it confounding. A lot of third down plays um, this past game were with a hit or a toss on a fourth and one or a fourth and two. Where they got stuffed behind the line. Yeah, you know, I saw um, that. In in terms of a West Coast offense, I would love to see them use the running back a little bit more in the, the screen pass, or you know, the, the catching out of the backfield game. I think they really have a lot of avenues to run with that, especially when you're so thin at wide receiver. There are a bunch of teams who have the same kind of deficiencies who have more than made up for it with some creative passing. Mm-hmm. I've seen none of that from from Jeremy Bates. So I think what we're looking at right now is kind of uh, some some coaches playing for their jobs coming towards the end of the season. Wow. 
This is Shaka is calling it, man. The season we are at with the Jets is now how can we get the most out of Sam Darnold the rest of the season? And Jeremy Bates and Todd Bowles, you guys are clearly on the hot seat at this point. What the hell are you going to do with the last eight games? What are you going to do? What, or seven games, for that matter. Um, yeah, I've got a question, actually. Go ahead. Have we ever seen a guy go from head coach and revert back to, let's say, offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator? You know, as you said it, I was thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I actually, in a way, it's almost like... I almost feel like they'd want to just fire Bowles because how would you be able to sort of deal with, like, I'm sure it takes it takes a certain person to be able to sort of be demoted like that, but I think most yeah. NFL franchises are going to be like, dude, we don't even want that chemistry in the room. You might as well just, it's like, yeah, maybe it would be a good fit to have you be defensive coordinator, but you know what? It's just easier to fire everybody and bring in new faces. Right. I'm, I'm going to take a look I'm, at that, but I don't really know if I can think. And if there is an example, it's probably like from 30 years ago back when they did that. Yeah, it's just not the same anymore. Um, you know, I honestly, like I said, I love Todd Bowles. He's a, a, a fantastic defensive coordinator, and he's more than shined um, on some defensive uh, calls. And I remember Casey Rogers, who had a health issue for part of the season, stepped away for a few games, and Bowles was back in charge of making those calls. And I think. I think the defense played fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you know the, the the spark is still there, the genius is still there. I just don't know if it's it extends to like coaching an entire team if he's really the guy for the Jets. Um, can we give uh, any other thoughts? Because I'm going to give you a quick little epilogue about my Eagles, and then we'll get the hell out of here. No, I think I've covered it. I, uh, I did a quick little Google. I can't seem to find the first hit. I cannot seem to find an article discussing a head coach who got demoted to a defensive coordinator. I'm seeing examples from college, but really nothing from the NFL. And anytime there's anything remotely close to it, it's a very old article. Not a common occurrence. Not a common occurrence. Oh, interesting. Um, okay, so that's that's where we're at with the Jets, guys. We got to... We got to listen. I think there's a W coming against the Bills. The Bills have an even wo- more woeful situation. Um, not that I, I don't think the Jets' situation is woeful, but the Bills are, they're a whole other nightmare altogether. Um, the closing thoughts I'll give you on my Eagles is hey, man, Eagles are four and four. They traded for Golden Tate. Redskins and the Cowboys both lost this week. And uh, this uh, next week, they're going up uh, against the Cowboys Sunday night football in Philadelphia. And I'm picking the Eagles to win because the Cowboys look like dog shit. So um, I'm feeling pretty good. I still think the Eagles have a lot of issues to deal with, but considering they were able to sit at home and just watch their division rivals lose, you know, all in all, pretty good week for the Eagles, and I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, but that's all I have to say about that. Um, we should get out of here because love- you got a baby. Yeah, I, yeah, I think um, the little lady put him down for a nap, so um, I'm going to go and sneak out there and make sure everything's okay yeah man it's time you're a dad and you got to be on call man i get it thanks a lot for for taking time out of your busy day with your your little bundle of ezra joy hey look man happy to be here and i love that golden tate trade i thought it was perfect i mean the guy's a great playmaker especially after the catch and i think that's exactly what the eagles need to shake things up considering who else if they were going for robbie anderson and demarius thomas i love that they got golden tate i mean Dude, he's going to be, oof, slot stuff, backfield Major stuff. Upgrade. Oh, my Major God. Major upgrade um, over Jordan. Jordan, 
Of. Jordan um, Matthews. Jordan Matthews. Who's who's and, great? Like, who's great? But I mean, Golden Tate, come on now. Put Aguilar in some different um, positions because you know he's a burner. Um, can catch a couple of defenses with their you know pants down. I think it just gives them a, a lot of creativity, and it's something I can't really say for the Jets. But you know, always give the Eagles credit um, on offense. They really give you a lot of different looks. Yeah. So, and and especially after this season, when things have gotten a little stale from last season, Golden Tate's going to be a nice little shot in the arm for him. Yep. All right, that's it. Thanks a lot for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You can like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. And of course, you can always email Shaka and I at samsportsstation at gmail.com. We're out of here. Um, enjoy this weekend's slate of games. Shaka, enjoy your new little bundle of joy. And um, we'll be back next week to talk more Jets and Eagles. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Enjoy the games, guys.